Hey everyone, welcome to Ridgeview Church Online. My name is Cameron McCullough. I'm the associate pastor at Ridgeview Church and I'm excited uh, that you guys are here and I'm excited to be here to speak today. And um, we're going to get started with a new series called Hope is Alive. And uh, this series is going to lead us right in uh, to our family Christmas service. So um, we're, we're excited to start this off. But before we get into uh, today's sermon, we just want to um, give an update on the Christmas offering. This year's Christmas offering, we're, we're trying to bless uh, ministries both locally and internationally and help them uh, as they push into this new year um, with just with just a little bit of an offering uh, to help them out. So this last week we started this and, and we're up to $1,300 uh, raised for them. And that is, that is just really amazing. That's a good start. And uh, if you haven't yet, we just would encourage you to pray on this and see what uh, you can give above and uh, beyond your, um, your normal offering. So we just uh, encourage you to pray on that and, and see what you can offer. Um, Today, like I said, we're going to be starting a new series called Hope is Alive. Um, right now, you know, sometimes hope just doesn't seem that it's apparent. We're living in a time where um, fear is on the rise and there's uh, sometimes things just don't really make sense. And uh, we're going to be looking at in this series some just stories from the Bible that show um, how hope was right alongside some people as they uh just pushed into what God had for them. And um, we're going to really look at the wise men, the shepherds, and Mary and Joseph, and um, how, did, how they seemed to live this out when uh, things weren't at all promising, it didn't seem promising at all, and they pushed through and had hope. So um, the title of today's message is, When Life Doesn't Make Sense. Have you had a, a time in life where things just maybe didn't really make much sense? Um, I know there there's so many things in life that can really cause you to just go like, really, is this happening? Um, but you know, the 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 Bible is really does promise us that through those things we can trust in God. So like maybe maybe it's your job. Maybe you lost a job this year. Um, maybe maybe you got some really bad news from a doctor. Maybe. maybe uh, just there's just so many things maybe there was really just bad news in general finances things like that but uh it's so easy to just ask why is this happening this is not in my plan and you can just really start to lose hope and it's 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 kind of scary it brings about fear and all kinds of other things but the bible does promise us that <clears throat> that god is with us and he has a plan for us jeremiah 29:11 says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And this includes the times when things don't really make sense. So today, uh, we're going to be starting this Christmas series, and we're going to look at Mary and Joseph. These two had, had things happening, it seems pretty often, that just really were like, what, is this, is this real? And things really didn't make sense. So we're going to look at, at uh, today we're going to be looking at Luke 1, 26 through 38 and we're going to really dig into this and just see um, how Mary persevered through this and how she really just trusted God. So uh, let, let's read Luke 1 26 to 38. In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and he came to her and said greetings O favored one the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greetings this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So, I would just like to share that some things to remember when life doesn't make sense. There's just a few things that we can just really try to remember when things don't make sense. Uh, God's interruptions are often inconvenient and they don't make sense. I have a picture here that I'd like to just kind of look at and and see what you guys think about it. As you see this picture on the screen, uh, this here is a pile of junk, right? It's just trash. It's just sitting there and and it's it's not looking very good at all. Uh, would you agree with that? Now, if I told you that this pile of trash was at an art museum and it was sitting there and people were just raving about it and it was winning all kinds of awards and, and people were just amazed at this great work, would you think that that made any sense? Uh, I wouldn't. What that looks like to me is when the winds come in North Fontana and they blow everything around your backyard and it's all piled in the corner. That's what it looks like to me. So I, I don't think that this really makes sense to be in an art museum. Uh, so th- yeah, this is not art. Uh, we'll come back to this later. But what what I want to just see is, is if you're walking through this art museum and you're looking at beautiful art and then you came across this pile of, of rubbish, uh, would what would your first instinct be? It'd be like, well, that doesn't really make sense. This is kind of an interruption to the nice artwork we came to look at, all this trash sitting here, right? So I want to just kind of to look at Mary, these three statements she makes, and just see like, how it's kind of like an interruption. It's kind of like a, whoa, like what is happening? Like Mary is just a 14 to 16 year old girl somewhere in there getting ready to get married. And then this angel comes to her. And, and the first thing that she's, that she says, it says, but she was greatly troubled at the saying in verse 29 and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. See, Mary was confused. She's like, wait, first you called me the favored one. Like, what does that even mean? Why am I favored? I'm just Mary and I'm, I'm Mary. I'm just from Nazareth. I'm, I'm a normal person. I'm about to get married. I'm young. I'm, I don't know what you, what you mean by this. I'm confused. Um, you see, and then Luke one thirty four says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? <clears throat> Mary is like, How's this going to happen? Don't you know like how this works? Like, I'm a virgin. How can I be having a baby right now? This is completely confusing to me. And, and then another thing uh, comes in 36. It says, Behold, your relatives, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And in the sixth month, and she's in the sixth month with her, who has been called barren. Mary was able to eventually go visit Elizabeth to like just just see her and see that she was actually pregnant and she was not supposed to be having uh, children. She was she was old in age and, and called barren. But you you look into that and and at this moment she hadn't seen Elizabeth and she didn't. She's like, what? How is this? 
how is this happening? Like all this stuff is all hitting me at once and I'm so confused and there's just so much going on and none of this makes sense. And she has the right to just kind of be confused about it. Uh, see, Mary was planning to be married. She was, she was going to get married to Joseph. She was just going about her everyday plan and she had a plan and she was just kind of like, all right, everything's settled in. I'm, I'm figuring this out. I'm, I'm, I'm growing up. Things are happening that are supposed to happen. And then this happens. You know, Mary was like a modern day Mary would have been, you know, planning for her wedding day on Pinterest. And she would have been coming up with a cute hashtag for her wedding. Like, you know, Mary and Joe, here we go or something like that. But this completely flipped her world over and she no longer, things were no longer happening as planned. And it was getting really confusing, as you could imagine. Uh, this plan it's, came and completely interrupted anything she had uh, uh, planned. I promise you that, that if you haven't already, there will be a time when God comes and invites you into something and it's going to feel like a complete interruption. And you're going to go, this doesn't make any sense. God, are you sure this is what you want from me? Uh, I had this happen. It, it, there's a story. Five years ago, um, I, I had a lot of things planned. I was very... Uh, happy with my job and my career, and I had plans to move forward with that. Um, I had a really great church I was attending. My, my family was growing and healthy. Um, I, just, I had a nice house, and everything was going just as I had planned it, and I was excited about the future and things like that. And then God came, and He put this call in my heart to ministry. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I don't know if, this is, if I want to listen to this. Like, is this going to change things, right? Like, I'm not, I don't. I don't know if I want to do this, but I did. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm all for it. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's pursue this. But then another interruption came and it's like, well, where do you start doing this? So I went to my pastor at the time and I just said, hey, you know, I think I want to start like, you know, pursuing ministry. And he said, that's great. Let's, let's start here. So I just, you know, started doing things uh, a little by little and, and getting, you know, more acquainted with what ministry was. And, and it was, it was great. We started doing things at our house, Bible studies, and, and we had a little ministry at the campus at, at Cal State San Bernardino, and things were just like good. And then out of nowhere, a huge interruption came, and the pastor of my church suddenly got sick and he passed away. Our church closed, and everything that I had, that I had planned and, and thought I was headed towards was gone. I had no more resources for, for information on ministry. I found my family looking for a new church, and it was just confusing. And it's like, well, I did all this, God, and, and now what are you leading me to? Until I thought it was an interruption, until one day we walked into this little church plant in North Montana called Ridgeview, and we fell in love with the mission, and we fell in love with what they were doing. We had no longer had plans for, for going into ministry, and, and we just started to buy in to what Ridgeview was doing for the community. And we started to serve, and we, we did little steps of faith, just, hey, I don't, I don't know if I know anything about this, but we'll help you do it, and, and if it's needed, we're here to help. And we did this, and we started to serve little by little, and then God started to give me other doors and, and saying, here, here, try this. And as I did these things, little steps of faith started adding up and adding up, and I found myself right back in the spot of being called to ministry and then one day, Pastor Alex invited me in to be part-time staff. And I said, whoa, that seems like a lot. God, like, do you want me to do this? This is two jobs. I still have a family. Uh, but you know what? I knew that this was an invitation to something good, 
So I, I took that opportunity as well. And then all these things started adding up. And little by little, one step of faith at a time, I'm right here where I am now as associate pastor doing full-time ministry. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. Five years ago, I thought I had this huge interruption in my life with no more resources. And as I continued to walk with God alongside, uh, alongside God's plans, here I am, and I'm doing what He called me to do. And I could have easily, and I did, see it as an interruption. But really, it was an invitation into something great. So sometimes God's greatest invitations feel like our worst interruptions. The, the second thing that's good to remember is hope becomes real when God works in the middle of the unexpected. Have you ever had something crazy happening in your life that's really unexpected, and then God kind of like gets His hand in there, and He starts doing things in your life, and you're like, wow, uh, there is hope in this. Like, I didn't expect any of this to be happening, but, but all of a sudden it's starting to make sense. Luke 1.37 through 38 says, For nothing will be impossible with God. We have to be aware of the purpose God has in your life. Uh, what is He asking you to do? And, and you have to realize that when He's asking you to do that, nothing is impossible for Him. And then in verse 38, we see Mary, she, she says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So first we have to be aware of God, what God wants us to do and be aware of what God wants us to believe. And then we have to remember that we're servants. And we have to serve Him and, and be obedient to what He has. <clears throat> Maybe... Right now, you might know what God wants you to do and you're avoiding it because it seems like it's too much or it seems like it's inconvenient. Maybe you're worried about even, even seeking God to see what He has planned for you and asking Him, God, what would you want from me? Because that could be something crazy and inconvenient. Just hearing like, oh my goodness, you want me to do that? That, that can be overwhelming, right? And then maybe you're living out what God has planned for you and you're just waiting to see where it takes you. And if that's you, I would just, I pray for you to continue on that course because something great is going to come from it. And uh, I would just encourage you to continue on the course pursuing what God has called you to. Uh, outcome is God's responsibility and really obedience is ours. If we, if we want to come alongside God, we have to let go of our uh, destination focus. In our society, we are so destination focused. We have all these things that stress us out in, in life because we're worried about where it's taking us and what will happen uh, if this happens. And what, what the better thing would be to do is say, I'm going to obey what God tells me in the Bible and give the outcome to Him. If I obey, then God's outcome will automatically happen because you're being obedient to what He's called you and nothing is impossible with Him. So I would encourage you, if you haven't, just seek God and, and see what He's calling you to. And if you're worried about that, it, it's normal. Just keep, keep praying and having Him show you. And eventually, as you take those steps in faith, uh, you will find hope in, in what it is He wants you to do. Um, and, and as I said, outcome is God's responsibility and obedience is ours. That goes for parents. Parents, outcome is God's responsibility. Be obedient to what the Bible tells you to do with your kids and how to raise them and how to discipline them and, and everything the Bible tells you to do. Be obedient to that. Leaders, be obedient to what the Bible tells you to be as a leader and let the outcomes of that be in God's hands. Citizens of the United States, 
be obedient to what the Bible tells you and leave the outcomes to God himself. And, and you will see great things happen and you will see hope arise as you do that and, and just give it to God and say, hey, you know what, this outcome is yours, but I want to be obedient to whatever it is that you want me to do. Uh, verse Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now let's watch this video. You'll notice this picture is from the pile of, of trash I showed you earlier. But we're going to play this video now and you'll see uh, what exactly this artwork is. So this is pretty amazing, right? At first, it made us have a sense that this was just trash on the side of an art museum. And it was just kind of ugly. And like, why is that even in there? It doesn't make sense. But as you see the perspective of the camera shift to the front of the, of the pile of trash, and they look through that lens, you see that this is a masterpiece. It's something beautiful. It, it's not until you get to the destination you're supposed to be looking through that you see, wow, that is great. And it really changes the perspective. Uh, we, we end up seeing God work in the unexpected, and then our hope is restored. Things become beautiful when God is involved and we're walking alongside Him. Uh, we, we are serving this same God that Mary is serving in this passage. We are serving that same God now. And he, he says in this passage that nothing is impossible, and we must surrender to that. We must surrender our life just like this virgin did 2,000 years ago. It, when, when she was faced with confusion and fear, and when we do that, you will see how hope comes to life. And, and, and we surrender our plan and submit to His outcomes. So let's continue further in this story. Uh, there's a, there's a, a census that comes in a decree from Caesar Augustus that we need to count and, and number everybody. Um, so let, let's just go into this passage in Luke 2, 1 through 7 and, and kind of go further into the story. It says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered each to his own town, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to the firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them. In the inn. Mary and Joseph now had to travel from their home to, to a further away place to be counted. But Mary was with child and she was very pregnant. Now, we just had a baby, and I know uh, when Jessie, my wife, was, was ready to have this baby, the last thing that she wanted to do in the last month or so was to be traveling. And I know that this was not probably in the plans that Mary and Joseph had originally to have this baby. And it, it probably got really confusing. It didn't make sense to travel across the desert to Bethlehem, but they had to. It was a decree. They had to do this. Um, and, you know, it really was probably confusing. And not only that, as we read that passage, they, they began to travel. And when they got there, the last thing a pregnant woman probably would want is to be sleeping in a barn, right? A comfortable place to sleep would, would be to be expected when you're traveling. So they get to their destination and there's no more room in the inn. And they're like, really, again? 
like we, we're, we're doing this again like this is so confusing like why why can't anything go the, the way that that we have it planned this is always changing um and and it, it got just didn't make sense to them and here's what uh god's purpose was in that we look at micah 5 2 it says but you O bethlehem ephrathah who are too little to be among the clans of judah from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in israel whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Mary and Joseph didn't know the plan, but they did understand who God was and that God had a plan for them. And this plan was that Bethlehem was supposed to be, in ancient prophecy, the place where this baby was born. This Messiah was supposed to come to this town. And this prophecy was filled through Mary and Joseph. When things didn't make sense, they kept their hope in God. And through that, this prophecy was fulfilled. So I would challenge you in this season, if you haven't had time, seek God. See where He's leading you. And when things don't make sense, really focus in and see if that's an invitation that you're seeing as an interruption. And see if there's something that you're missing. Because things can really be different than what what they seem when we're living by our own plan. So the last point is just, you don't have to understand the plan to understand that God has a purpose. So I would leave you with that. Just seek God. And, and that's when we find hope. When things are uncertain, we find hope when we seek God. And, we ha- and things really don't have to make sense when He's in control. We just have to make sure that we're obedient. <clears throat> so let, let's pray and, uh, and, and close this out. God, we thank You so much for this, this day that You've given us. We thank You for Your Son, Jesus, in Bethlehem. Uh, being born to, as, as a savior, as a king. And uh, Lord, we thank you that Mary and Joseph, for their example, they said of being so faithful um, and obedient as things really didn't make sense. And God, we pray that if there's things in our lives right now that just don't make sense, we, we pray that you would just reveal yourselves and reveal what it is that you'd have us do. Lord, we just pray for, for all that are um, fighting sickness right now, um, another thing that just is, is hard to deal with, sickness. We just pray for health and well-being for them. And it's in your name we pray, God. Amen.